This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Glenn Tomrin and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. I'm wearing my coat. It's like single digits outside, man. <clears throat> the guy has been sissified. And so here we are. <laughs> Welcome you that are watching us online. Uh, kind of getting into a family conversation here. Praise the Lord. Uh, we're going to get into the word here shortly. Praise the Lord. And I know you'll be blessed by it. Hallelujah. Happy to be in church tonight? I am. Are you happy Jesus is here? I am. Hallelujah. I mean, his presence. Good to see you, Rachel. I was thinking about you last Wednesday. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus is good. He's wonderful. And the more I get to know him, the more happy I am that he chose me. Hallelujah. (laughs) I was... uh, I've just been rehearsing a little bit, you know, in my own mind here over the last, you know, couple of days or maybe mostly today about how good he has been to me. How he has never given up on me. Hallelujah. You know, we all have made our our fair uh, share of mistakes, right? And and made some decisions we shouldn't have, but but he's always there. He never gives up on you. Did you know that? Did you know that the gifts and callings of God are without repentance? That means that God doesn't change his mind about you just because you make a mistake. Aren't you glad about that? <laughs> Hallelujah. So the same, the same call that was on your life when you were five is still there. Hallelujah. So it really doesn't matter, you know, all the mistakes you've done because today is a new day. I said, today is a new day, and you can start walking with him right now. Hallelujah. That's good news. Notice I was listening to a preacher today, and uh, his name was Glenn Tomran. It's so funny listening to yourself preach. It's like, what in the world? It's like, but you know what? I got blessed. (laughs) Well, you know why? It's because, you know, when you speak by the unction of the Holy Ghost, it's not just you. You know, then there is a, then there is, there's something behind it. Hallelujah. And there is a light and there's an anointing there. So I was listening to myself preach at healing school back in 2014. I was thinking, praise the Lord. I mean, this is some good stuff. And so I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use some of that tonight. It's like if it worked in 2014, it's going to work now. You know, the Word of God never fails. It never changes, right? And so, so if, if, if it worked then, it's going to work now. And, you know, then I was, I was, I was ministering to people. You know, this was, this was an afternoon healing school. So it's basically open to all the students and, and, and people that are, you know, sick and, and people that are not. People that just want to learn how to minister healing to those that are sick. And so, you know, a lot of times you have to change people's thinking. Because people come in and, 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 and they look at this mountain in their lives and they really can't get past it. You know, they really do not believe what the Bible says. <laughs> We've all been there, right? And so, but there's a way around that. Hallelujah. So you kind of have to, 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 to change people's thinking and help them to see correctly. And that's why we have the Bible, right? And also, uh, today I was listening to Brother Hagin preach, and this was, I don't know even know when this is, because I have this little, this hard drive with like terabytes of stuff on it, 
and I, I, from 1968 and up through, and the guy preached a lot over 69 years of ministry. And so, you know, I pick and choose what, what kind of, you know, sounds good at the time. And so, so, I, so I, I, I picked one that, that said how to develop the human spirit. And the thing is, you know, we have learned how to develop our minds. You know, we go to school and we develop our intellect. You know, we've gotten very good at that. You know, we have, you know, we go up through grade school and then we have college and universities. And so you've gotten very good at that. And, 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 and then what about developing our, our bodies? You know, everybody, been to, anybody been to the gym lately? Not a person. One person. Wow. I'm not going to use that analogy. I'm just kidding. But, you know, we've learned, you know, you have all these, you know, these methods on how to get your body in shape. You know, people have devoted their whole lives to study their body, to find out how it works, you know, to find out what you need to feed it, you know. And it's not just donuts, in case you're wondering. If you want to get in, well, you get in shape, but it's a different kind of shape. And so, you know, and so to develop the human body, we've gotten very good at it. You know, and if you, if you follow a certain regimen of, of, of exercise and, 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 and diet, you know, you, 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 you'll get in better shape. You know, but what about the most important part of the human, that is their spirits, uh, it's, it's, it's lacking. A lot of people don't even know that they're a spirit being, that they're spirit, soul, and body. That you're an eternal being, that, you know, your body will, will at one point expire. Did you know that? You know, at one point, your body will be no good anymore. It'll be worn out, and you will leave your body, and you will go to be with the Lord if you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Right? And so, and so your spirit is the most important part of you, because that is actually the real you. And so he's talking about that, and he was talking about this funny, this funny uh, story he had, because he'd been watching TV, <laughs> and this, this Christian program about this woman, you know, she was, she was born again, she was a Christian, she was spirit-filled, and she left her husband. Because she, she, had to, she didn't know who she was, she had to go and find herself. And he was just like, go find yourself. He says, the stupidest thing I've ever heard. A Christian that don't know who they are. A Christian that don't know who their identity is. And, and, and you see this in the world today. People have a problem with their identity, don't they? There's an identity crisis. They don't know if they're a woman or a man or, or it might change from day to day. I'm sorry, it's not that hard, guys. It's, you know, there's some stuff that's very evident. But, you know, but, but it's sold so that you are, your value of who you are as a person is based on your body or your, or your sexual orientation. And the devil has gotten very good at it, so, so it's crept in even into the church. That people have a problem with their identity. When the word of God is, is extremely clear in the matter. <laughs> so, let's get into the word. How about that? John chapter 3. Hallelujah. And I'm talking, actually, I'm going to talk about growing in faith today. And developing your inner man. Hallelujah. John chapter 3. I'm going to start in verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. 
So he, he had been watching Jesus on the outside, and he saw the miracle signs and wonders he did, and he realized that, man, this guy, there's something about this guy. You know, God needs to be with him. In verse 3, Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, answered, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. And so, you know, Nicodemus is looking at the outside, and Jesus is telling him, hey, you're missing it completely. He said, you need to be born again. Nicodemus does not understand what that means. And most people do not understand what that means. You might say, well, you know, I received Jesus, you know, and I'm born again, but what does that mean? What does it mean to be born again? What it means to be born again, you can go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Five, hallelujah. Born again. You know, you say that to, to somebody outside of the church and they think you're nuts. But we're not nuts. We know what's going on. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians 5, and I'm going to start with verse 16. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him, thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And the beginning of verse 18 says, now all things are of God. So you've been born again. This is talking about your inner man, your real man, the hidden man of the heart, like Peter said. Your spirit man has been recreated. It is now brand new. That old sinful nature has been dealt with. It is no, it's, it's actually crucified with Christ. So now you are a new person, completely new in Christ Jesus. And so the only way that you can find out about who you now are is through the Word of God. You can't find it out in the world. You can't find it anywhere else but in the Word of God. Peter said it in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 23. 1 Peter 1, 23, he says, You haven't been born again. He said, Not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the Word of God, which lives and abides forever. So how did that happen? Well, you heard the good news of Jesus Christ, didn't you? We're going somewhere here. I want you to stay with me because this is going to help you tremendously in your growth as a Christian. You heard the good news and you received the word. Just like Mary. Remember Mary when Gabriel came to her and he told her that you're going to be with child? Mary didn't understand all of that. I can promise you. And you didn't understand all of it either when you heard the news about Jesus dying for you and rising again. You just knew on the inside that this is right. I need Jesus because without him, I'm lost. Yeah. And, uh, and what did Mary do? She said, let it be to me according to your word. And that's basically what you said, too, when you received Jesus. said, let it be to me according to your word. And the thing is, you're going to have to continue to say that as a Christian. You need to find what the Word of God says about you, and you say, let it be to me according to your Word, Father. Or actually, what is 
so because I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. Let me explain. Hallelujah. I was, once I was just sitting at my desk and I was, I was just, I was meditating the word. I was, I was looking into the scriptures and I just said, Holy Spirit, teach me. Many of you heard this before, but we're going somewhere with this. I said, teach me something. Because, you know, it, I've, I've read in the word. I've, I've seen the word says that he's my teacher and he's my guide. He's the one who's supposed to reveal to me who I am in Christ Jesus. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12, it says that we have received not this, you know, we have, we've received the Spirit of God so that he might reveal to us those things that have been freely given to us by God. So it's his job. So I just basically asked him, uh, uh, can you please do your job? And you know what? He, he was more than, you know, he wanted to do that. So he said, go to, go to James chapter 1. And my first reaction to James is like, I really, I'm not too fond of James. And because James is like, you know, faith without works is dead. You know, somebody's like, well, maybe I'm not doing all I need to. You know, you, a lot of times you, have, you go that condemnation route just, just on old habit. You know, have you ever been there? And so, so I said, well, he said, go to James. And I said, yes, sir, because he was kind of, you know, it's like clear. It's interesting how clear he can be. Hallelujah. And so he said, you know, go to James. I started reading through the first chapter of James. And I got down to verse 21 where I'm going to pick it up tonight. And this is very interesting. He says, therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your soul or your souls. And so I looked into this, you know, I, I have this little app on my phone, which I can see, you know, the, the Strong's Concordance and what the Greek means. And, and that word implanted, it, it, it denotes a fixed position. So it's, it's there. The word is in you. And it kind of makes sense because the word we just read in 1 Peter says that you're born again by the incorruptible seed of the word of God. So a seed produces something. So something was produced on the inside of you, this new creature in Christ Jesus. Did you know that a seed has everything in it to produce everything it needs to produce? In the seed is the whole oak tree. Right? Right? So what do you think the seed of the word of God contains? A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. And something's like, okay, so this is catching my attention. So what is the Holy Spirit trying to tell me? He says, receive it meekness, the implanted word. What, what does that mean? Well, you receive it meekness. Well, don't think you know everything. Don't think that you know everything. Why don't you just receive it meekness, humbly receive what the word of God says about you. Whether you understand all of it right now or not, just say, okay, since you say so. And Lord, you might actually know some things I do not know. Right? That's humbly receiving what the word says. And he says, and here we go, but be doers of the word. <laughs> There's a doing part of it. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. <laughs> and so, 
you know, at this point, the Holy Spirit really wanted to get my attention. So he's yelling on the inside. I'm, I'm serious. He yelled on the inside of me. He said, don't forget who you are. And something's like, wow. That was loud. On the inside. I mean, I was by myself. I, I think it was on the inside of me. But it was so loud, it got my attention. I was just like, okay. Okay. I'm not going to forget who I am. And, uh, and, you know, so you start meditating. And it's like, so why? You know, so, and, and I go back in here and say, why did he use a mirror? You know? For he'll be, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. There's a lot of people, did you know that, they are sitting in a pew and they're hearers only. I've been there, being a hearer only and not actually accessing any of the grace that God has given me in Jesus. Because you can hear about all this wonderful stuff that Jesus has done and not partake of any of it. Did you know that? And so, okay, so we have a mirror. You get up in the morning, right? And you, and you get to the, finally make it to the sink. And you, you look up and you're like, oh, Lord, what happened? <laughs> it was just a night. So anyhow, and so you, you <laughs> that was a joke. But anyhow, you know, so you look into a mirror. What do you see? It's not a trick question. You see yourself, right? And you see what you look like. Good or bad. In the morning, it, you know, it might be like, could have been better. But uh, <laughs> it's a mirror, so you see exactly what you look like. But a lot of times we look at the word and we say, I wish I could attain to that. I wish that was so. It would have been really nice if I walked in the blessing, just like it says in the word that I can. I would have liked to be healed and whole. But the mirror tells you what you are right now. There's a clue here. There's a clue here to you really starting to grow in the things of God. To you really starting to, to step into what Jesus has done for you. Because the word tells you who you are right now. Now, I know people's minds are just like, ooh. Oh, this is interesting. Well, the, 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 the thing that we're working with is saving our souls. Our minds getting renewed to who we are. I preached on this at healing school because people didn't see themselves as healed. They saw themselves as sick. And as long as you see yourself as sick, you're going to stay sick. But if you can start to change that view... And see yourself as healed. Now faith cometh. Faith cometh. Have you ever noticed in Isaiah chapter 53? Go back there. Because this will work with any promise in the Bible. Everything that Jesus has done for you, you step in the same way because it is by faith. Hallelujah. Oh, this will help you. You talk about growing in the things of God, this is paramount. 
In Isaiah chapter 53, it says, Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? What does that mean? Who has, to whom has the arm of the Lord, his strength and his ability been revealed to those that believe his report? Go to, well, we can just read too as well. For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there's no beauty that we should desire him. Talking about Jesus. He's despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him, and he was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. The word griefs is sickness and disease in the Hebrew, in case you're wondering. Yet we esteemed him stricken and smitten by God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. He was actually beat to pieces and crushed, the Hebrews says, the Hebrew, the original language says. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. That word healed means mended, recured, repaired, and made whole. Now that's what the Word of God says. The Word of God says it's been done. The Word of God says it is finished. The Word of God says that you are healed now. Are you going to agree with God? Or are you going to agree with what's been going on in your body? The release of the power of God is going to be when you agree with him. People are like, okay. Dude, this will set you completely free. Do you know that? It's quiet in here. You know, the Lord, he tries his best to help us. But we have to walk with him. We can't see ourselves as not blessed when he says we're blessed. We can't see ourselves as sick when he says you're whole. Because the thing is that when you start to agree with him, you release his power to do what only his power can do in your life. You know, I've seen this. In, in, in many, many different ways. I've seen this, for example, when I, on, when I realized that God had called me to preach, I was like, no, no, no. I was terrified. I've told you this before, you know, many of you. I was terrified behind a pulpit. I would, I would make the pulpit shake because I was terrified of being in front of people. And how many of you know that you can't do that and be a successful Preacher, right? So now I have to change the way I see myself. And so what do you do? Well, you get into the word. Because, you know, the thing is that, you know, when, you're, when, you're, when you have fear, especially for like speaking, you're like, you're, over, you're thinking it's all about you. What, what are people going to think about me? I'm not going to have the right words to say. It's going to be a disaster. You know, and then fear comes and then, you know, fear will completely just... Make a zero out of you. 
because that's from hell. So, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 5 through 9, it says that you've been enriched by him, by God, in all utterance and in all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you. That was the day you were born again. So that's what, that's what the word says. And some other translation says that you've been, you've, been, you've been endued with a wealth of spiritual illumination, with a wealth of inspired utterance. 1 John 2.20 says that you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. Many other scriptures too. And so I'm just like, so I started, what did I start to do? I started to meditate on what the word says about me. But what the word says about me, the word says that I have everything that I, and actually it also says that you will come behind in no gift. I was like, well, that actually means that God has actually equipped me to do what he wants me to do in grand style, like he does everything he does. Only thing he needs is for me to agree with him. And I'll start to renew my mind regarding what the word of God says about me. So I started to say, you know, when I go behind a pulpit, I step into the fullness of the grace of God. It is on my life to preach the gospel. And the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. He has sent me to, to deliver the oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. You know, that anointing is on every preacher that is called by God. Why is, why, why is that? Because, well, he, you're in Him. You're in His, we are His body. And if you've been anointed to be a spokesperson for God, guess what? He has given you everything you need. Basically, you are just now doing what Jesus did when he was walking the earth. And another translation of 1 Corinthians 1, 5, it says that you become like Jesus in ability to teach and in ability to learn. So hallelujah. Well, Jesus, when he walked the earth, he was a man just like me and you. Yes, he was the son of God, but he had to walk as a man anointed by the Holy Ghost. And, and last time I checked, there's only one Holy Ghost. And so when you've been anointed by the Holy Ghost, then you have him in you. And now the limits are off if you would just lean on him. Right? And another scripture that might help you is, you know, it's, 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 it's Romans chapter 8, verse 11 says, if, if the same spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he will also quicken your mortal bodies. So if the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, guess what? He can heal you as well. If you'll just agree with God. You know, Brother Hagin, he said that a man will never rise above his confession. Never. You will never rise about what you say about you. Never. Why? Because God will never override your voice. Your voice is more important in your life than anybody else's voice. Because Mark 11, 23 and 24 says that you will have what you say, not what anybody else says about you. So what are you saying about you? What are you saying about what God did for you? I told you this will help you grow. It will help you grow because now you agree with him and now more light comes. Because now you're agreeing with, you know, who inspired the Bible? The Holy Spirit, right? He spoke, you know, through men of old so that, so that, so that the words of God, what, God's, and what God says stands forever. He doesn't change. We do, but he doesn't. And what the word of God says about you is truth. And when you agree with truth, then you release the spirit of truth. 
And he is the same power that raised Christ from the dead. Hallelujah. So when you agree with him, when you agree with the word now, there's some exceptional power available. That you've asked for because you've prayed the, prayer, the Ephesians 1 prayers, haven't you? We've talked about those. You've asked for the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? In the saints and what is this exceeding great power that is working toward you who believe? Either we believe the Bible or we don't. And the problem is if you don't believe the Bible, you be... Or if you say you believe it and you don't agree with it, in you, for you, you'll be frustrated like, oh, get out. Because you hear about all this good stuff that, that people are experiencing and you hear the preacher talk about it. But it's not a reality to you. Because you have never dared to make a bold confession of who you are in Christ Jesus. And you need to do that regardless of how you feel. Your feelings have nothing to do with it. I have had some of the most amazing miracles that I've experienced in my walk with the Lord, and I didn't feel a thing. Nothing. I was down in Kenya years back, and I had been preaching. This was my third week of preaching. I was preaching six hours a day. I was tired. It didn't even seem like the, the services were going that well. And so this guy, he's been sitting in the back, and he's, he comes up to me, and he says, is, 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 is it okay for me uh, to go to the hospital, he said, because I've been in, in pain for a month. He says, all around my, my mid, midsection. And, and he says, it's gotten so bad, he says, I, 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 I can't sit in the, in, 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 in the class anymore. So he said, okay, if I go to the hospital and get checked out. And I said, sure. I said, but do you mind if I pray for you first? I didn't feel a thing. Okay? So me and the interpreter, we laid hands on him. And I commanded his intestines to get in line with the word of God in the name of Jesus. And I said, I expect a good report. And guess who showed up a couple of hours later with a big smile on his face? Because he said, he said I started going towards the hospital and I said, I started feeling better. So I'm questioning myself, you know, am I in faith if I go to the hospital? You know, anybody being there? <laughs> But he continued to the hospital. They ran every test they could, and everything was negative. When he came back, he was completely pain-free. That was not because I felt anything. You hear me? But it was because I acted on the Word of God. And I laid my hands on him, and I prayed. What does the Bible say? It says, believers say, lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. You don't have to feel a thing, but you have to act on the Word of God. And the thing is that if you do not meditate on who you are in Christ, you probably will not be bold enough to lay hands on the sick. Because you might say, what if it doesn't happen? Well, I say, what if it does happen? <laughs> Another time I remember I was at healing school and I was preaching in a morning healing school. And I was just, I was talking about just this. I was talking about believers Shall I lay hands on the sick and they will recover? And I was just like, I said, I lay hands on the sick and I said, they recover. And I just felt impressed. There was a lady sitting there in like a, two or three rows back and on the end. And I just went over and I felt like I should just touch her shoulder. And I did as I was preaching. And then I went back and, and I didn't feel nothing 
Absolutely nothing. I don't know what, why, but just a lot of times it's been like that. And, and uh, she came up to me after service and she said, she said, when you laid a hand on my shoulder, she said, she said, I felt heat go down all the way down to my leg where I'd had radiation and I had, had great pain. And she said, immediately 95% of the pain left, just like that. I didn't feel nothing, but I felt impressed to just lay my hand on her shoulder. So your feelings doesn't have anything to do with it, but you agreeing with the word or you moving with the Holy Ghost or you, you see what I'm saying? Makes all the difference in what God can do in your life. Hallelujah. E.W. Kenyon said that, that confession, he says, is, 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 I can't remember exactly what it says, but it's, it's, it's the road over which faith carries its mighty cargo. So you need to start to move your mouth as far as what God says about you. If you need healing in your body, you need to start to say what God says about you. You need to get the word out and you need to call yourself healed. You need to call yourself strong. You need to call yourself whatever you need based on what the word says. You hear me? You need to agree with what God says. And you need to move your mouth. There's no such thing as silent faith. That faith is dead faith. And it will never produce anything. Hallelujah. I told you it'd help you. Praise the Lord. Ephesians chapter 4. And I'd like to just bring this out because, you know, a lot of times, you know. Anyhow, I'll just read this first and then we'll go. Ephesians 4. And verse 17, and, and you know, Ephesians, this is a book, it, it is it's written to believers. It's written to believers, and they're spirit-filled believers. These, these people uh, are just like us. Verse 17, it says, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk, in the futility or the uselessness of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. That word alienated also means a non-participant. So it's a non-participant from the life of God. So it's possible for you to be born again, spirit-filled, and a non-participant of the life of God. But it's also possible for you to be a participant Hallelujah. Of the life of God working in your life, in your mind, in your body, in every part of you. But for that to happen, you can't just walk around and just have all kinds of influences and you just agree with whatever the news says or whatever the doctors say. You need to get in the word of God and agree with what God says about you. And you need to to not just speak it, but meditate it. You know, Brother Hagen, I was listening to him. He was talking about this, you know, how to develop the human spirit. And he says, number one, he says, you need to meditate on the word of God. What does that mean? Well, you take a scripture. It doesn't have to be like five chapters. You can take one scripture. Like, for instance, Romans chapter 8, verse 11. Let's go there real quick. It's a good one. Hallelujah. It's a real good one. Praise the Lord. And this is what we taught at healing school. <clears throat> to help people receive what God has already done for them. 
Hallelujah. It says in Romans 8, 11, it says, but, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Hallelujah. So you would take that scripture and just starting to, to say it out loud to yourself. You know, like you were, like I would do, I'm just going to do it right now. I'm just going to close my eyes as if you're not here. Hallelujah. And I would just say, Father, thank you that the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in me. Hallelujah. And he does, and because he does, he quickens my mortal body. He raised Jesus from the dead. Hallelujah. He's more than able to strengthen me in every way. And I thank you, Father. Hallelujah. For your Holy Ghost he is in me. I do not walk by myself. Wherever I walk, he walks. And he strengthens me and he enables me to do your will in grand style. Hallelujah. So this body of mine will serve me well all the days of my life. Hallelujah. I will be just like Moses. Hallelujah. At the end of my life, I'll climb a mountain. Hallelujah. And I will go home to be with you. Glory be to God. And I will sprinkle that. I will pray in the Holy Ghost. You know, the Holy Spirit would jump in there with you. And now, before you know it, the spirit of prophecy will jump on there. You'll get to preach on you. And you'll preach at your own house. Hallelujah. And you might start to speak out some things regarding yourself and what Jesus done for you that you didn't even think about. You're meditating on the word of God. And the thing is that when you start to, to speak out the word, you start to agree with the word, then the Holy Spirit, he's like, yes, and I will reveal to you what that means. You haven't seen anything yet of what Jesus has done for you. Meditate the word. Meditate the word. The thing is, then when, that when light comes, faith comes. There's no breakthrough in faith without first a breakthrough of revelation. Hallelujah. Or what Jesus has done for you. Romans 5 verse 2 says, you access this grace in which you stand by faith. By faith. By faith. You know we talk a lot about faith? There's a reason why. Because you access everything that God has given you by grace through faith. And there's no faith without light. There's no faith without revelation. I'm telling you, this will change your life. Selah. Come on now. If you will put this into practice, and the thing is, 2022 has the potential to be over and above anything that you've ever experienced. And it's all up to you. I believe that the Lord has just made so much available to us, and especially now at the end of the age. I was just talking about this in prayer today. Because there is a great harvest that needs to be reaped. Did you know that? There are millions and millions of people that need to be reached before Jesus comes back. And there is great grace available. There is great uh, uh, provision made available for the church, for you individ individually to access so the job can get done. 
And the thing is, if we don't do it, God is going to put somebody else in our place to get the job done. Because he's going to get the job done, whether we're on board or not. But we're going to be on board. Hallelujah. And the way that you're going to, going to, going to, going to hook up with him is you, you have light and you've seen some things. And you say, well, I am able. And you've gotten to the point that your body is, is a non-issue anymore. Because you're walking in divine health. You need health. And you need money to do the will of God. Did you know that? There's a reason why we preach prosperity, because you need it, because you can't just come to the airport and say, well, I'm going to go to the Philippines and preach the gospel. You can't just give them a hug and expect them to get you on the plane, right? You might have real good hugs, but it's not going to get you on a plane. And you can't provide food and water for anybody without any means. And you can't go if you can't even go to the grocery store because your body hurts so much. There's a reason why we preach these things so that the harvest can be reaped. That's what it, it's all about the people that are lost. But we need to see some things and access some of the grace that God has given us so we can do just that. Because the lost is not going to be one in your living room or my living room. They're going to be reached when we move out from where we are right now. I'm not saying there, there's, I'm sure there's, there, there's many of you that are preaching the gospel in your, you know, in your area of influence. But what I'm saying is that we need to, hallelujah, grow up in the things of God. And only that we can, not the, one of the main ways I can say is for us to meditate, agree with the word, and let the Holy Spirit teach us and show us, hallelujah, what God has done for us. And I went all the way around to get back to that point. You spend time. Look into the mirror of the word. See who you are. See what Jesus has done. See who you are. Because the problem is a lot of times that people are like, well, I'm trying to get to that place and not realizing that you're there. You just need to see that you're there. Because if you've been seated with Jesus in the heavenly place, this is a pretty good place to be seated. Right? And there's no sickness in him. You've been joined to him, the word says. So there, there's, there's all these things. It just, it's just a mind renewal and a change of thinking. And then you move your mouth in the right direction. And God will absolutely change your life. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. I think I'm done. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, let's just pray. And then let's just uh, commit this to our hearts. Father, I love you so very much. And I thank you, Father, for your word. There's, we cannot put a price, Father, on your word, Father. It is life unto us. It is health to all our flesh. It gives light and understanding regarding what you have done for us, Father God. And, Father, I know that your word, when it goes forth, it divides between spirit, soul, joint, and marrow. And is a discerner of the thoughts and intentions of the heart. It helps us to see clearly. Hallelujah. What you have done for us. And I also know, Father, Isaiah 55 says that your word, Father, hallelujah, it never returns void. But it always accomplishes the purpose for which it was sent. Hallelujah. I thank you, Father, the word that went forth tonight, Father, I know it will produce a mighty harvest, Father, in hungry hearts. Hallelujah. Tonight. Because your word, Father. Your word tonight was either sown or it was watered. Hallelujah. And I thank you, Father, as they go home, Father, and they continue to water this word, Father, as they put your word in their mouth and agree with you, Father, that word will produce 
how to in their hearts and in their minds, Father, the correct picture, the picture of a healed man or woman, the picture of a prosperous man or woman, the picture, Father, that you paint in their hearts, Father, over an overcomer. Hallelujah. I thank you, Father, for your mighty Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, who lives in each and every one of us, the great teacher and guide. I thank you, Holy Ghost. You go home at every one of us. And I thank you for that you continue to reveal the word, give light and understanding for each and every one where they're at. Hallelujah. And you said that you will guide them into all truth. And in the word, you also said that you will show them things to come regarding what you have for them specifically to do. Hallelujah. And I thank you for that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Glory be to your name. Hallelujah. And we give you praise and we give you glory. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah.